Welcome to Caffeine, Crime and Canines, a podcast brought to you by two girls who love their dogs, love coffee, but most importantly, love true crime. Um, what is happening today? I don't even know. I don't know what day it is. I, I know. know. <laughs> um, but no, nothing too exciting. I just had a two-year-old's birthday party. Cool. So, yeah, it was pretty fun. Yeah. I actually had a really good time. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> In amongst all the kids. Um, you know, this really cool place. I can't even tell you what it's called, but it's actually like a venue for kids. It's not like a play center. It's like a fairy venue. Like it's got like, I don't even know, like they make out like it's like a bunny. Like, I don't know. There's like fairies and like your little bunny. and like, It's really <laughs> random, but it, the kids seem to love it. So, yeah. That's cool. It was good. Awesome. What are, you, what are you up to? What's been going on? Oh, I've been running around this morning. Have you? Yeah. It's been crazy. But um, you did find your almond milk, I see, though. I know. <laughs> I know. I had to send you a photo so you knew what it looked like. But I was with Monkey in the supermarket and he's like, oh, my God, it's so he's like, get out. <laughs> I bought four litres of it. Wow. That is for the so week, funny. Yeah. Will, that, will you go through that for the whole week? Yeah. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> <laughs> Bunky will have it as well. Just for coffees or do you use it with other stuff? He sometimes has like like with his cereal or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, well, hopefully so. it was just like a one-off shortage and hopefully. you'll be able to get it always. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> what else is going on? How's little Ollie? Yeah, she's good. She's um, good. She needs to be taken for a walk today. She's crazy, but. Oh, she could yeah. she smell Victor on you yesterday? No, I don't think so. Really, Vicky I didn't actually so pay attention. attention. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. If I'm even with another, like last time we went out and um, oh, like I was patting Olive and I didn't bring Vic. The second I walk <laughs> in the door, he's like sniffs me and he's like, you bitch. Like he does, <laughs> he's really like he knows. not into it at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's funny. So funny. Um, yeah, but that's about it. Because I saw you yesterday, so I don't have much to I know. (laughs) (laughs) Which was nice. Hey, we did get a request from one of our listeners, Di. She wants us to do a Marion Barter update. Update. So I think, yeah, I might, I think they've wrapped up with the inquest. Mm -hmm. So I might put a few notes together and just do like a little update for everyone. Yeah, cool. Sounds good. So um, that will be good. And also we had listener Daryl message us. Yep. And he wanted us to Google why do feet keep washing up in BC? What? I know, BC, British Columbia. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And so apparently, like when people, this is like horrible, but when people like commit suicide or there's accidental death, like in the water, the current must take them there. And they're obviously like their feet, like their bodies decompose. So the feet detach from the body. Oh. And because of like all the new sneaker designs, apparently it's like a more buoyant, I don't know, shoe nowadays. And it's able to like not only preserve, like the materials preserve the foot, but they can float to like shore. So um, Daryl, wasn't it? Yes. Daryl's saying that maybe that um, Melissa Caddick is like fully dead. Yes, is that the insinuation because her her feet has detached from her body like it does? Yeah, so this was just after we had posted the um, Melissa Caddick episode and he sent this to me and I think it's just interesting because of 
I guess how the foot is preserved in the shoe and they're sh- like, do you know what I mean, washing up to shore and maybe that's why only one foot's washed up. Yeah, the okay. rest of her sort of has decomposed. Mm, interesting. Isn't it? And sorry, just on Melissa Caddick while we're talking about it. So I'm still listening to like that Melissa Caddick podcast. Yeah. And it is confirmed that she did delete her social media like the year she disappeared, yeah. like earlier in the year. And remember I was telling you that she paid off that lady that met that other lady at the dentist and she gave her like not only her money back but what she had claimed that she had earned? Yeah. Apparently some of that money had come from an offshore account. Mm, interesting. So she had offshore accounts, which is, I don't know, I just feel like there is something there, you know? Yeah, something is off. Yeah, also, 100%. one thing we have not talked about on here and I don't even know why we didn't talk about it yesterday. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Oh, stop. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Have you been, like, following it? Not, like, super strictly, but I try and keep up with what's happening. So um, yeah. I think I, I don't know if I told you there's this Instagram page called House in Habit. Mm-hmm. Now she does. Like, it's a bit humorous as well. So if you're like, you know what I mean, like, I feel like if you're really serious about it, then maybe you won't love it as much. But she does it in it. Like she covers the story in a really funny way. And uh, like, you can, you know, add memes and just like music to certain things. And she's definitely Johnny, like it is Johnny-sided. Like yeah. she is definitely like team Johnny. So I guess if you're a bit more team Amber, you probably won't like it as much. But it is insane this story is just crazy it is crazy obviously you're like you're same as me right team johnny yeah i am team johnny yeah yeah i just and i i don't know i just feel like like i'm not uh, there's something about her i just don't like the way just certain things like the way she's filming him the way like i feel like she would not aggravate him like she'd like pick on him and yeah i'm sorry but the shit on his bed really yeah that's disgusting yeah just room I was like I can't like I don't know I just I can't get on board with this yeah so and not only that but I think one of the big things for me is that he is the one was the one that was trying to take her to court and she didn't want to yeah and like now she, she's in too deep she's yeah just, yeah and and just certain things like when she'd say that she was assaulted on like certain days and then like she'd be on a red carpet like in a dress you know, and there was no evidence of that sort of stuff. Yeah. And sorry, another thing is like even there's, there is this time where she does show up. I think it's when she's going to get a restraining order against Johnny and she shows up to the courthouse with a black eye, mm. so which looks horrible, right? But then there's text exchanges between Johnny and Amber's mum talking about how like her lawyers made her do it and it was like she didn't really want to like go to the courthouse like and like sort of I don't know how she got that black eye but from my like from those text messages it wasn't from Johnny okay so and and that's like evidence that I'm just like oh like it makes her look really bad yeah I think she's definitely lied about some things but I think there also has to be an element like, I don't think he's completely innocent. Oh, I think 100% agree, they're bad, yeah. both as bad as each other. But I still don't think it's right that she went out and has fully ruined his career over things that she said about him that have been proven to be lies. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? They are, it, they, it was definitely like a toxic relationship. And yeah. he was like, he says that I'm an addict and stuff. So I'm definitely not saying like he's like 100%, you know, like in the yeah. clear. Like he used to say shit to her and stuff like that. 
but I just feel like it was a bad mix and she's maybe the, the one that's taken it a bit far. Yeah, and, like, I think everyone has to remember, like, this isn't a criminal case. This isn't to say that he assaulted her or not. This is about the things she said about him, you know, yeah. like he's allowed to to take it to court, stuff like this, so. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I mean, like, this could sound really bad as well, but I feel like the fact that he's making the effort, like, he's come out and said, either way, my reputation is ruined. For me, yeah. it's like a lose-lose. Like, people are going to think this, even if I win, it's, do you know what I mean, it's bad, you know? Like, yeah, I just, I don't know. Mm. But, yeah, if anyone is interested in even just following the case, I would definitely suggest following um, that house in habit. Yeah. Cool. And, yeah. Cool, cool. But should right, we get – Yeah, I'm going to admit before you start, I haven't looked at this in too much detail. I have a rough idea of the story. I looked at those things you sent me. Okay. Um, but I'm no expert on this one, so it's all No, that's you. okay. Yeah. You know, and do you know what else? Because originally, remember, I told you I wanted to do this case, but I wasn't going to even tell you what it was. Yeah. So I feel like that's pre- I'm pretty happy you haven't 100% looked into it. Okay. Okay. All right. All so right. let's go. Let's do it. You ready to go in? Dive in. Ready to go. All right. A break tonight in the search for a Glendale woman who mysteriously disappeared on Saturday. KCAL Line's Andrea Fujii is live in Malibu tonight with the very latest. Andrea. Susie, the missing woman's car was found parked along PCH right behind us here. It was towed away, though, not too long ago. Now, you can see how dark it is, but earlier tonight, search crews were scouring the beach down below with flashlights looking for any clues as to where this missing woman could be. Now, let's take a look at her picture. This is 20-year-old Elaine Park from Glendale. Police say she was last seen Saturday morning. Now, a source tells me authorities did speak with a woman's boyfriend who lives in Calabasas, who may have been the last one to see her Saturday morning. I'm also told investigators then pinged her phone and knew what was in this general area here in Malibu. And once the car, a gray Honda Civic, was located, inside police say they found Park's personal belongings, including her phone and car keys. Now, the woman's mother was here also looking very worried, but she did not want to speak on camera. Police say it's not like Park to go missing, so they are concerned. Now, back out here live, it's not clear how long the car was parked out here. But investigators say they're not or are not releasing whether or not they believe foul play was involved. Susie, back to you. So this week we'll be discussing the case of Elaine Park. So Elaine was born on September 24th, 1996. And when her parents divorced, so I think she was around 10 years old, her and her young, sorry, her and her older brother Dustin moved in and lived with their mum, Susan, mm-hmm. in La. Cresta, California. I hope I pronounced that right. Mm -hmm. So Elaine and her mother had quite a strained relationship. It wasn't like a very loving relationship. And Susan says that this is because she was adopted. And when she found out she was adopted, I guess there was just like a bit of a disconnect with her family. And she sort of blames it on that why she wasn't. So Elaine was adopted. No, not sorry, not Elaine. Susan, Susan the was mother. Adopted. Okay. Yeah. So I guess um, just feelings wise, she just wasn't, you know, like as loving or yeah. I don't know, a bit of a disconnect with her feelings, you know. Okay. Yeah. And 
I would say though that this is worse than your typical like high school daughter mother relationship. Because I feel like a lot of like mums and daughters go through this. Mm-hmm. But this was like on another level. So there was like constant fighting. Uh, they lived pretty much complete separate lives. So there was like times that Elaine would just like go away for a few days and Susan like you know would have no idea where she was like that sort of thing you know. Yeah. Yeah. So Elaine at high school was really popular. She had a really big group of friends. She was known to be like a bit of a spunk, like very artistic <laughs> and creative. I feel like spunk's an old word, isn't it? I feel it like, is. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of Kath and Kim. <laughs> <laughs> when I wrote it, I was like, I feel like old writing this, but that's a good way to describe her, you know? Yeah. But she loved poetry. She loved musical theatre. She was an aspiring actress and had already landed, like, a few small roles on, like, TV shows like Desperate Housewives, Crazy Stupid Love, Role Models, ER and Mad TV. Like small background roles. Yeah, 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 just little roles, yeah. Mm -hmm. So after finishing high school, Elaine attended Pierce College in Los Angeles but had recently dropped out. And it was also around this time, so this is now 2017, she had just lost her part-time restaurant job. Yep. So Divine Compare, which I'm What a weird name, by the way. Can we just talk about that? Yes, we can. Can I ask, is he of any specific nationality? Because I cannot figure out where that name has come from. Well, can I tell you, I actually have no idea what nationality he is. But I feel like Divine is just... An interesting name in itself. And then add on the compare is just, yeah. you know, it's, I don't know, it is very unique. <laughs> but you know what? So his family, so Elaine, sorry, so Elaine and D, I'm going to call him Div because that was sort of his nickname. Mm. So they were like, he's Elaine's on and off again sort of boyfriend. Mm. And he comes from like a really successful family. His dad's like a Hollywood businessman, like a film producer, like with TV and movies. Mm-hmm. And the dad's name is Shakim Compare. <laughs> so, so you know funny. what I mean? So I feel like it's just like maybe it's like, you know when people have a lot of money and they're just, I don't know, yeah. they can get away with this sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so the father, Shakim, he actually works with like heaps of like rich and famous people. Yeah. And now Div lives at the back of his parents' home in like a guest house. Yeah. And this is located in a gated community in Calabasas, California. Yeah. So do you know Calabasas? Yeah, like Kardashians, Calabasas. Full Kardashians. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. And this also makes me think about, like, I'm thinking guest home. I'm thinking, like, Ryan from the OC. Like, it's the sort of vibe I'm getting. Yeah. In that outdoor house, like, completely separate from the family home. So on Friday, January 27th, 2017, Elaine texts her mum asking to borrow $20, promising to transfer it back by 6 p.m. Around 5 p.m. she goes to her dad's to pick up some weekend money. So she picks up $50 from her dad's house. Okay. And then she heads back home. So around 6.01, so literally almost to the dot, her mum's messaging her asking her like to transfer the money back. Yeah. How old was she at this time? So at this stage, she's 19. Okay. 
So pretty much on the dot, her mum messages her to get, like for Elaine to transfer that $20 back. Yeah. But Elaine messages her like saying, give me till later tonight. So her mum, I'm guessing she had told her mum that she's going to pick up the $50 from her dad, you know? Yeah. So her friend Sadie, so this is one of her really close friends, she drops by around 7.30 to borrow a curling iron from Elaine. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing they leave the house together. So Sadie obviously goes off with the curling iron and Elaine locks the door behind her and gets in her car. She doesn't have any bags or anything with her. Yeah. And Elaine heads to her boyfriend Div's house. Mm-hmm. And this is about a 40-minute drive from where Elaine lives. So she gets there just after 8 p.m. Yep. So around 10 p.m. that evening, the two caught an Uber to the movies to see, I think they saw like triple X, like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't return home. So they go back to Div's house and they don't get there till about after 1 a.m. They caught an Uber, I think, I'm not sure if I said earlier, that, that yeah, they did catch an Uber. And one of the reasons that they say or Div says they catch an Uber is because Elaine wasn't like okay to drive. So I don't know if that means she'd been drinking or been doing Something. some sort of drug. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's why they did catch the Uber there. Now they go, as I said, they get home just after 1 a.m. They go back inside because Elaine was staying the night at Div's. Mm-hmm. And all this is verified by security footage taken from the driveway of the compare home. Yeah. So in the early hours the following morning, so now we're talking about Saturday, January 28th, Div claims Elaine woke up around 4 a.m. And she's in like some sort of panic, right? She was acting really strangely. She was shaking and singing. Mm. And he attempted to calm her down, but she insisted on leaving. Weird. Yeah, isn't it? And so this is now two hours later. She gets up, gets dressed and leaves the home. Okay. So Elaine was last seen on CCTV footage at 6.05 leaving Div's house. In the footage, she does not look distressed. She's yeah. just sort of like wandering over to her car. Mm-hmm. So she's walking over to her dark grey 2015 Honda Civic, which was located inside the gated community where Div and his family lived. Now the footage does cut off. I think it's either just before or as she's getting into her car, which is pretty dodgy. Yeah, quite convenient, hey. It is, isn't it? But the police have claimed that this is a stuff-up on their end and they actually saw her get in the car and leave. But when they were copying, like, the footage over, it's stuffed up and it's, like, obviously, like, I don't know, deleted that section after she'd gotten into her car and onwards. Okay. I don't know if I believe that, but sure. It is a bit dodge, huh? Yeah. So she's also recorded from a neighbor's camera driving towards the community gate, but it's too dark to see inside the ha- inside the car. Okay. And at 6:14 a.m., a plate reader recorded her leaving the gated community. Now, originally this is actually logged at 7:14 a.m., which it would technically be like an hour and 9 minutes later, but the police are saying it's just because of like daylight savings. They hadn't like, they're assuming that that camera time hadn't been updated. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So the drive from Div's house to the gate is only a few minutes. 
like long. Mm. So the nine minute gap is a huge deal for a lot of people online. Yeah. Especially because Elaine has never been seen again. Like that footage of her walking to the car is the last known footage of her. Yeah. So I don't know, what, do you think this is a huge thing, like the nine-minute gap? Well, if they don't have the footage of her getting into a car, like could she have been sitting in her car for a few minutes, like that's what you know, I, on that's her what phone I would, or like? That's honestly what I would assume because do you know how many times I sit in my car on my phone? Yeah, exactly. In the driveway, like I'm because I just want to five minutes to look at my phone like before, do you know what I mean? Like either I start driving or if I'm going to put on a podcast or whatever You know, or she could be putting her maps on like it. Yeah, I, I think there would be explanations for that. I think because we don't have the footage of her getting in the car, we, you can't you can't really know. Yeah. But it is, as I said, it is recorded. Like she was driving, as I said, past a uh, a neighbour's camera. So, that it, But they can't guarantee it was her in the car because apparently it was too dark. Yeah. And the community gate does catch her number plate leaving. Yeah. So we do know she did leave. Or that area, yeah. At, yeah, or her car left at 6.14 a.m. Yeah. So the following few days, Elaine did not answer any of her messages, phone calls. So her mum was trying to get in contact with her. Div was trying to get in contact with her and her friend Sadie. She didn't get back to anyone. Mm-hmm. So Susan did contact the Glendale Police Department on Saturday the 28th. So this is that literally the day she goes missing. Yeah. Uh, and she's worried, you know, that she hadn't heard back from her. I'm guessing that $20 is a huge issue for Susan because she hadn't gotten the $20 back. Yeah. Uh, but when she calls the police, they tell her that, well, Elaine's an adult and to call back the next day. Yeah. So Elaine isn't officially reported missing until Monday, January 30th. 2017. Mm. Now, Div was ruled out as a suspect quite quickly and police went, like, and made a statement about it, ruling him out. Yeah, that's weird. Isn't it? Because I feel like that's a really big call. Yeah, and to go, yeah, publicly announce that so fast. Yes, exactly. So apparently one of the reasons is because it was really cooperative with police. Which makes so? me think, does money talk? <laughs> exactly, because obviously it comes from a quite wealthy family. Yeah, really cooperative. Yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> um, they didn't search his home. All weird. the area surrounding it. So weird, right? Yeah, that's and, dodge. Yeah, and Susan is not happy about this at all. Hmm. Now, the footage from his house obviously does show her leaving and I'm quite sure there is the, I'm guessing they have looked into his phone records and just the footage in that gated community and he didn't leave the house so I think it shows him leaving the house like later that day but there's no footage of him leaving the house early like early do you know what I mean let's I'm making this up but let's just say before one or whatever it is like that morning he hasn't left yeah but you know my thought is like if the police stuffed up copying over the footage and let's say that he paid him off. Runs back out, yeah. You know, what's to say that, that they just did something with it? Exactly. And this is a big thing in this case. Like I feel like they didn't 
fully, they investigated like days later and so much of the footage, even from like intersections and things like that, it gets taped over after a few days. Yeah. So time is really against them in this case. So five days after Elaine was last seen, so now this is on February 2nd, mm-hmm. police find her car. Now it's abandoned on the Pacific Coast Highway in Malibu. Which is I, like that big main road that drives along the beach, isn't it? Yes. It's literally parked in a parking like slot along the beach. Yeah. And apparently this is quite busy at all hours. Yeah. So it's not just like, you know, a deserted beach. It's on the highway. And isn't Malibu quite far away from Calabasas? I just know this from Kardashians. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like 45 minutes. Yeah, it's it's, it's not a close. Yeah, it's not close. Exactly. No. Yeah. Now, the weird thing about the car is the doors were all unlocked. The keys had been left in the ignition. So the car was actually on, but it wasn't running. You know when you click and then you click again? I'm guessing it was just the first click. Yeah, like you listen to the radio or something. Yes, exactly. And the battery was flat, I'm guessing, because it had been on. Yeah. So in Elaine's car, all of her Elaine's belongings were in the car. So this includes her phone, her laptop. Her backpack, her ID, $30 that she had on her from like the day before. And another weird thing to note about this is all items apparently were like neatly placed in the car. So it looked a little bit staged. Or was she a neat person? I feel like I would leave my things quite neat in the car. Yeah, I don't know. That's actually a really good point. But the fact that everything was open and it was sitting there, like her laptop and all this stuff was visible, like if you walked past. And the, you can see the keys in the ignition. For it to be sitting like that for five days, I think it's a bit weird. Yeah, like well, it, why was it not stolen or? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. And even like obviously the phone, I'm quite sure she actually had two phones in the car, but one was just an old one. But that makes me think like I wonder if the car, and obviously there's so much debate online, but was the car sitting there that, that whole time? And mm. I really don't think so. Yeah, interesting. Isn't it? So there was no signs of blood or a struggle in the car. And this led police to believe that she had left the car voluntarily. So the investigators strongly believe that Elaine may have taken her own life after thorough searches of the area turned up nothing. Mm. So the searches included things like bloodhounds, cadaver dogs, drones, ATVs. There was a dive team to search the cliffs um, and the shore and part of the ocean. But, yeah, like as I said, there is no – like she's literally disappeared into thin air. Mm. The police, though, even though they were – they are like leaning towards this, they have refused to rule out foul play even though there's no evidence. Yeah, yeah. So it's literally just, I think she's like endangered missing person. Yeah, because they've got no evidence of anything. Like they don't even have evidence of her committing suicide. Yeah. You know, like they've got nothing. And you know what, though, on the suicide thing, because as I said, it is quite busy in that area. Like it's for her and it's on the beach, like on, let's just say, the beach road. What you going to do, walk in fully clothed into the beach? Like, it's just, it's odd, you know? Yeah. 
And you'd think if she was going to walk somewhere and she's not really familiar with that area, she would have taken her phone. Yeah. It's just random. Interesting. Hmm. So Elaine's family strongly disagree with the investigators and believe foul play is involved. Yeah, but that's most families' opinion when yeah. people commit suicide. Yeah. So Susan put up a $500,000 reward for information which, which expired on Elaine's 21st birthday. So that $500,000 reward came from Susan herself? Well. Because, like, if she, like, I, no, described. I, well, I don't think so. I'm guessing, I don't know if it was people had just put up money towards it. I'm, you know what? This is a really big question of mine as well. And I will get into it a little bit why I just find this so odd. And I don't understand where this money actually came from. I'm guessing it was donated by like different, maybe like her work and things like that put up a certain amount of money mm. for that time. But as I said, this expired. So um, if she was 19 at the time, so she it would have expired in 2019. Because it was yeah, 2017. Okay. So that's now expired. Uh, she also hired a PI. Now, rumour is that this guy is doing it pro bono. Yeah. So she's not actually paying him. But um, she hired him to help her investigate Lane's disappearance. Mm-hmm. So the PI also does not agree with the investigators that Elaine may have taken her own life. He's gone on to find evidence, which he claims that the police aren't really that interested in. Yeah. I did want to talk about a bit of this evidence. So some of this evidence includes that Elaine had actually broken up with Div weeks before she disappeared. Yeah. And she had told him that she wants to get her shit together and there was no communication between the two from the 3rd of January up until the 20th of January. Yeah. And then so this is only like, what, seven, eight days before she disappears that they're back in contact. Yeah. I don't find that that weird. Yeah. I I mean, I feel like. Think about when you're 19, like. Yeah. And Mm. like we'll get into Div in a moment. Like I feel like, like you said, it's that sort of, I don't know, relationship. I feel like it it is like a bit on again, off again at that age. Yeah. So it's also discovered that she was sexually assaulted backstage at a concert yeah. in mid to late December 2016. By multiple men as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. And the thing is she couldn't really remember it. Um, I think she was drinking and on Xanax that night. Yeah. yeah. But she had mentioned to a friend that she may have been with someone like that night of the concert. Yeah. So it wasn't until about a year later that things started coming back to her. And this is honestly horrible, but apparently someone had taped it. And she, Ugh. I don't know if she had seen it or she so, heard about the tape out there. And it was video. all just coming up, coming. Yes. To it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. So she had posted a few tweets about the rape. And she'd posted things like, I know people don't like seeing the word rape in their timeline. And, like, she's sick of blaming herself. I think maybe she'd been drinking, like, trying to forget about it, you know? Yeah. But she had said in, like, the tweets, like, it's time to focus on myself and heal. Uh, She had said that she's not going to go to the police. And she did delete these tweets, though, within the 24 hours. Mm. So that's just, I guess, another thing that's sort of adding to this because 
as I said, if it was like well-known artists or something like that that were involved and she was going to go to the police, I guess that's a little bit of a theory online. Mm. There's also this weird thing with this guy she was seeing. His name was Lolo. And and <laughs> I think that he had, I don't know if she was in the car with him when and he had like a possession of a gun or something and he was going to court and, you know, she was going to have to testify and then she'd broken up with him. There's this weird thing that's gone on with them. But, and not only that, when she does sort of break up with this guy, he's really like nonstop at her. Like obviously like, you know, a bit angry that, you know, she's breaking up with him, all this stuff. So this is months prior. Um, but we're going to talk about this podcast that do a really like, deep sort of thorough investigation and they end up catching up with this guy Lolo and I mean you can't be a hundred percent but from his reaction I think that he had just no idea she was even missing at the time yeah and they had sort of no communication at all leading up to when she disappeared okay so I would love to talk about this podcast right so the podcast is called to live and die in LA Yep. And they got involved in this case quite early on. I thought they did a really good job. And, like, if you are interested in this case, I definitely suggest you give give it a listen. It's not too much. Like, it's not too long. I think it's, like, 13 episodes or something like that. And they do a deep dive into the case. So the team is pretty much made up of two couples. So Neil Strauss apparently is, like, a uh, journalist and writer. His wife, Ingrid. And his wife is actually the first one to have even gotten like this sort of Malibu team involved when she came across um, like I think like it was an article about Elaine's abandoned car and because it was so close to where she lived, she got really interested in the case and started investigating it. Uh, I think it's pretty like cool that apparently, well, not apparently, but their neighbours, so this guy named Mike, yeah, he's the guitarist for Incubus, mm-hmm. and his wife Anne Marie. Yeah, she's a concert violinist. So this is who make up the sort of the Malibu team that start investigating Elaine's disappearance, and they obviously spend a lot of time doing it. They investigate everything they can. They, you know, put a lot of money into just finding out what happened to Elaine. So during their investigation, that they were able to gain access to Elaine's cloud. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, her phone had not been backed up since the 23rd of Jan. They did, however, end up gaining access to like more recent information, unlike like like the days when she had actually gone missing and a little bit after. Uh, but stuff may have been missed only because the phone had been disabled before they were able to download the information. Mm-hmm. So there were certain things that, if someone deleted it off the phone, they weren't able to access it. Mm. When they did access the phone, though, they found really disturbing texts. And it's really surprising because this is like texts back and forth uh, between Elaine and her mum. Yeah. Her mum sounds like a bit of a weirdo. May I say that? Yeah. Well, you know what? I don't know if it's like a – nationality like barrier sort of thing yeah you know what I mean like but honestly like we're gonna go into just because I can't not talk about it so you know I've listened to a few podcasts and I haven't even touched on it and I just feel like 
the behavior is so off. I can't not talk about it. You know. I also find it weird, like that the mum said that. Oh well, we don't have a good relationship because I was adopted. Like that is weird to me. Yeah, because you'd think it'd be the opposite. Yeah, and like, why are you making ex- excuses? Like, like that's a pretty shitty excuse anyway. Yeah, and mm. she, but even the way, like, she does do in some of her interviews, she's like, you know, I feel really bad. Like, no one loved her. Like, she she says that oh, about, yeah. like, you know, she says like, you know, like she never received love. Like, her grandma didn't love her, her brother didn't love her, her dad didn't love her. Like, I feel like that's really full on listening yeah. to that. Yeah. That's- also, in one of the texts, so this is one of the texts that the Malibu team found. It was a text that read, die, 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 like in caps. From she the had... mum to Elaine. Yeah. Oh, my God. And they would argue heaps through text about money. And this was anything between like $2 to $30. Yeah, so the mum didn't have a lot of money. Hey. Yeah. Well, you know what? There is also an interview on To Live and Die in L.A., with the dad saying that she had a bit of a gambling problem. Um, the mum did. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And I think that, as I said, these texts, they were like weeks or months prior to Elaine's disappearance, but it sort of gives you a vibe of their relationship. Yeah. I think that even when the team found these texts, they were already like a little bit like thought there was like something odd about Susan's behavior yeah and now some of the things that were odd about her behavior so I think we should definitely talk about these yeah so she claims that the most recent messages that she had sent to Elaine had been deleted by herself or she yes no she said she deleted them and she said that she's got this thing right she said she's got like OCD so when she's done with a message she deletes it but if she never found Elaine or Elaine never responded, why would you delete the message? Yeah. So that's that, yeah, that's really weird, right? There's another time when the team are over to check out Elaine's room, right? So they obviously that they say because they've started like really, you know, as I said, like investigating, going through all the details of the case trying to find Elaine and she's on board with it at the time as well. So she goes over, sorry, so they go over to their house. Now apparently when they open her cupboard, hanging in the cupboard is her backpack and this is the backpack that was in her car because obviously oh. the police the, the police have, you know, gone through the car whatever and given the items back to That's, the family. Yeah, yeah. Now, in the backpack, it was quite obviously placed was like an exotic dancer, like model card. Oh, like to insinuate that she was like a stripper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when they they pulled it out of the backpack, it was sort of like in the front there. They pull it out and they're like, oh, like just take a look. And Susan's like, oh, that would make sense. And she goes over to Elaine's drawer and starts pulling out like leather items and lingerie. To show them, like, mm. that's what, like, she wears. Like, it's just weird. Yeah. Like, the guys talk about how uncomfortable they were. Because, do you know what I mean? They're like, oh, like, we don't need to see that sort of thing. Yeah. In those messages, as I said, when they got access to her phone, they could see that. I think there was a little bit of, um, I don't know if it was text messages or if this had come from Elaine's friends, but there was a bit of, like, debate whether Susan had taken 
her acting money because obviously she must have been underage when she was doing like a lot of these parts and stuff. And I don't know if she's gone to access it and there was no money in there. And there are claims that Susan has taken her money. Also, one of the times when the team are over at the house, Susan shows them a note that she's written at the back of her door. And the note is just really weird. I'll post it. But she's put a date at the bottom of it and it's dated the day before they found her car. Like the police found her car. Yeah. And they just think that it looks really staged. Like it doesn't really sound like, I don't know, like why would she even go into her room to write this note on the back of her door? Like, you know what I mean? It's just odd. Yeah. One of the things she does say in some of her interviews is that the last time she saw Elaine, she was wearing skimpy lingerie. Now, this one for me is just freaking huge. She leases out Elaine's bedroom two oh. months after Elaine goes uh, after Elaine's been missing. Yeah. She claims it's because she's financially struggling. So Elaine's dad had actually stopped making like um Guessing child support payments in December 2016, so just a few months before Elaine went missing. So she claims that's why she's renting out the bedrooms. But it's just really, like, I just find that really odd. Yeah. And also, as soon as the Malibu team find out that this ad's gone up, they, to preserve Elaine's room, they rent the room off Susan. They just say they're going to use it as like a headquarters for like, I don't know, their work or whatever because they don't want, they're thinking like if we need to do searches or whatever, like they don't want all this stuff, do you know what I mean, packed up in that. Yeah. She also took, apparently they had two cats. She took the cats to the shelter and this is within again three months of Elaine being missing. Yeah, that's weird. She gets rid of all of Elaine's stuff. She puts it on like the side of the road. So this is a few months later. I think when she start, when things like are starting to turn on her, like when she can obviously is starting to feel a bit of heat and she puts it all of Elaine's stuff on the side of the road ready for the garbage. <laughs> Crazy, right? One, another weird thing that the team found, and I think this is odd as well, right? So remember I was telling you she reported Elaine missing on the Saturday? Yeah. It's weird because Elaine had like multiple times gone away for multiple nights in a row and, and sorry, Susan had never reported her missing, but she does and it hadn't even been like 24 hours. Yeah, that's weird. Like that's odd, isn't it? Mm. It's also just reading that um, a few of Elaine's friends and stuff have said that like, the, like Susan was abusive to Elaine. Yeah. Like it was well known. Yeah. Mm. That definitely does come up as well. She just seems very strict and you know what? I feel like she did just didn't like the way Elaine was sort of like living her life. Yeah. And like, and the money thing, I guess, was a massive issue as well. Yeah. One really freaking awkward thing is so they want to put out a press release for Elaine, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they ask Susan to write like a few words for this press release and she full plagiarises another grieving mother's <gasps> poem oh and she sends it to the team and they're like, mm, 
this is this does not sound like something she'd write and they put it in Google and it comes up with somebody else it's as oh somebody else's poem. Like how bad's that? Yeah. Yeah, that's bad. There's also on these phone records, they show that Susan and Elaine were committing like fraud around the time she went missing. My God. So Elaine was in a car accident with her friend and the and she had claimed that she was injured in this car accident to get money, get money, get, get a settlement. And there's like messages from Susan to Elaine telling her to go to like the chiropractor, saying that she's going to get half the money, saying that, um, you know, like you're going to give me half this money. And like she's obviously like just trying to get money because Elaine wasn't hurt from what their understanding. She wasn't hurt from this car accident. Yeah. And even while Elaine is missing, she's still calling, like Susan's calling the lawyers about this money, about this claim, and signs off and actually gets the money, signs off as Elaine and gets the money while Elaine is missing. Oh, my God. And she also gets someone to call Incubus, remember that band, Mm. um, to get, again, money directly transferred to to her for charity, like say, trying to say it's oh for a lane. Like it's, yeah. So it's, it's a real big, like, money. Motivation, like yeah. Yeah, in here, right? And, like, she doesn't want to spend money on GoFund, like the GoFundMe money that's been raised. She doesn't really want to spend it on searches and things like that. So it's just a real big red flag. Yeah. But back to the phone findings. On, so it shows that on the morning of her disappearance, the last last time she was on social media was around three twenty a.m. Mm-hmm. So this would have been when she was at Div. It also, this is actually quite big, right? It also shows that she restored my like her find my friends access with Div, and this was at six twenty eight a.m. Mm. What could that mean? So it means apparently there's like this app like, you know, when you, I don't know, like me and you, for instance, you could get on this app and see where I am at all times. So apparently when her and Div were together, she was sharing her access and they've broken up and she's like not shared it. And then maybe from that night they've sort of gotten back together or whatever. Or is it because she's going to meet someone and she wants him to know where she is? I don't know, but it, it is actually... Confirm that she restored that at 6.28 a.m. And it also shows that she was listening to music that morning, right? So she started listening just after 7 to music and her mum had texted her at 9 o'clock regarding this $20, like (laughs) kept messaging her like, where's my money, whatever. Anyway, and then just after 9.30, the Pandora app asks her, are you still listening? Oh. So it's, it's something. So we definitely know she turned on the music at 7.13 a.m. And by 9.30 a.m., it asked, the, the app asks her, are you still listening? So it's yeah, something so it's between. Playing, yeah. 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 Yep. Exactly. And even, as I said, like the, it, the um the phone findings find that Susan had been texting Elaine, had texted Elaine that day. She had called her. Div had called her heaps as well. I think he starts calling her just after 10. 
Um, I think he calls her like twice and then he calls her again later on in the afternoon. So the only people that are calling and texting her that day is Susan, Div and Sadie. Her friend Sadie just messages her like, hey, what are you doing today or something like that, right? Yeah. So that's pretty much all the info we have on this case. Yeah. So the main theories, which we've we've pretty much gone through a lot of them, is suicide. Yes. There's a bit of a rumour that she may have been suffering from depression. Mm. Like she'd just dropped out of college. She'd been fired from her job as well. Mm. But the car being left there for five days just doesn't make sense to me. And I feel like someone would have just seen something. Yeah, I don't think she committed suicide. Yeah, I don't think so either. So another theory is that she was abducted. Mm. Like did she pull over to get some air? Like remember if she was having that sort of panic attack or something, like did, you know, she pull over and then someone's, I don't know, taken her. There's also like a thing. Apparently she was having a few car troubles on the Thursday night before her disappearance and her mum and her mum's boyfriend, Jeff, had come to help her. So was she having some sort of car issue and someone stopped to help her? But then why the, why the heck would the car be there? You know what I mean? I find Parked it there. weird that the mum apparently doesn't love her but will come and help her with her car and lend her $20. Yeah. Like I just feel like the mum is lying. Like why would she? But apparently they did have a really like weird relationship. Volatile. Is volatile. Like yeah, yeah like full-on relationship. Mm-hmm. And I guess like she says that she was trying to teach her like how to deal with money and that's why like she'd lend her money and she goes she was usually very good at giving me money back so she'd lend her the money and then she'd get it back do you know what I mean from her yeah because her mum would text her die 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 <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> um I think like she wouldn't be abducted on that main road yeah and I think if you're gonna abduct someone you wouldn't leave the car in such a conspicuous way yeah yeah. And not only that, unless someone's told her, like, but then again, same thing, because apparently, obviously, she was really chatty. She was really bubbly, friendly. Unless someone said to her, like, come for a smoke or something like that, and she's just gone out of the car. But I think she would have taken her phone. I don't think yeah. she would have gone without her phone. Yeah. So, another theory is her boyfriend, Div, had something to do with it? Mm, no. You don't reckon? No. So, yeah, as I said, like, main thing is pretty much about that he was never really investigated. The find my iPhone thing I think is pretty interesting. Yeah. But, but again, I don't find that weird, like, Monkey and I share our location. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. But, no, but the fact that she started sharing it at 6.28 a.m. And that was, like, the last thing on her phone. But maybe she, like, stayed with her stayed with Div that night because she was scared of her mum and then she would have to go and meet her mum to give her the money back. So she said to him, I'm just going to put my location back on. Maybe. Mm. You know what else, right? The only other thing, and I honestly think, like, if they were into drugs, could she have been meeting someone to get, like, it might not have been Div, but he knows more than what he's saying. Yeah, possibly. And, you know, like, he's sent, said to her like you go pick it up or she's like I've got to connect or whatever and then she's gone and she's sharing her location so he knows where she is yeah maybe and because they're so rich they've just asked the police to can you just keep him out of it yes yeah because technically like it's not actually him or his fault you know yeah it's connected some way 
Yeah, and he was – like, he called her heaps that day as well. Like, as I said to you, I think it was after 10 he was calling. He called her after 1 as well. Like, it's not like he just called once and that was it. Like, I feel like if that was him, he would have – I don't know. Like, would he have been smart enough to keep calling her phone and that? But I think, like, if you had – like, if your girlfriend had acted strangely in the middle of the night and left early in the morning, you'd probably want to check in on her. Yeah, if 100%. She wasn't, and if she wasn't answering – yeah, exactly. Mm. So I don't find I, that that weird. And no, I don't find it weird. I, I actually think it works in his favor. Mm. Like it seems like he's a little bit worried. Yeah. But I do think that, as I said to you, that like one of the reasons that the police said they ruled him out is because they've obviously got footage of him leaving the house after a certain amount of time and they don't have any footage of him leaving beforehand. So that's another thing that if it is legit, that I think that helps, you know. Yeah, yeah. And her mum so <laughs> after I've told you this stuff what do you think Lockie I think the mum maybe if she, if, if she wasn't responsible she definitely knows more uh, yes yeah no, I feel bad because I don't want to be disrespectful but at the same time if this was her boyfriend acting like this I'd be like the boyfriend did it you know what I mean yeah do we know much about her boyfriend oh no sorry I'm talking about Div like, as oh in, like, I mean the mum's boyfriend table- well, there's, there's, there is a little bit of weirdness as in we know that he – so we know about some call logs that happened between her mum and her the mum's boyfriend. Mm. And the boyfriend apparently, he also deletes messages when he's done with them. I'm not kidding. So the texts between Susan and Jeff have been erased. No one knows what the heck they spoke about. Mm. And apparently – they were texting between 10 to 11 a.m. that morning and 12.04 and they're erased. No one knows what they said. Weird. And apparently there were there were calls also to Jeff from, like, from Susan oh. as well. So, like, as in, like, like, Susan and her boyfriend are, like, do you know what I mean? Like, calling each other that day. So, like, but no one knows what they spoke about and no one knows – what they were texting about. Yeah, that's weird. So whether he's involved, I don't know. Whether it's something to do with money, like the, the money thing, the gambling. You know what? The, the fact that she rented out her room within like two months is eight weeks. Yeah. It's not a long time. No. What happened if she was going to come back? Yeah, exactly. Or is she just that savage and she just doesn't, she's got that much of a disconnect with her feelings. She just doesn't have, I don't know, doesn't have those feels. Like I, I don't get it. It sounds to me like she's using the adoption thing as an excuse. I think she knows that she's coming across very cold, so she's just trying to come up with an excuse. Yeah. I don't know. There's just a lot of red flags. Like, at the end of the day, like, there's there's no real actual evidence on any of these yeah. theories, no you know? Yeah. Could, could, but it, I just feel like the mum stuff is really weird for me. And it's really important as well. I, I didn't touch on it earlier, but they actually got cadaver dogs sent to her house. Mm. And apparently they did hit in Elaine's cupboard, but they reckon that there's apparently there's two different, like, um, things that the dogs can do. They can, like, either it can be 100% hit or it could be, like, like a um, – they call it something. Sorry, I don't know what they call it, but whatever it is. So, like, it could be. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, they get a sense of it. And her bag from her car was in that cupboard. So whether it was they were hitting on the bag or the cupboard, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
it's sort of it's not a hundred percent. They're just not sure. Mm, weird. But Elaine was five foot five tall, weighed one hundred and twenty five pounds. She has waist length brown hair with blonde tips and brown eyes. She's of Asian Korean descent. She had her ears and nose pierced and she has heaps of tattoos. I'll post some photos of her mm-hmm. um, because she is still missing. There is a Help Find Elaine Facebook page. I think that's actually run more from her mum though. So you'll see a lot of like back and forth about this sort of stuff. Yeah. And at the moment, the reward stands at $140,000. Wow. Okay. That is a story of Elaine Park. Yeah. So if you have a case you want us to cover, send us a message on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is at Caffeine Crime and Canines. Yes. And until next week. Until next week. Bye. Bye.